Good morning, church. It is good to be in worship together today, whether we are gathered here in person or online. It is good to be worshiping God uh, together this morning. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey, and I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor Mary Jo Yakel, along with Pastor Bob Thomas, our pastor emeritus, who is also serving as today's online worship host. If you are worshiping on YouTube or on Facebook, simply drop a note in the comment section letting Pastor Bob know you are here worshiping with us today. I am excited to share with all of you here and all of you online that all of our new live streaming equipment is finally in. Josh Howie has been busy in his role as broadcast director, setting up all of the equipment and getting everything to run smoothly. Bear with, bear with us as we have a little bump here and there along the road as we are transitioning uh, in this season. Rest assured, uh, they are getting addressed. The little bumps are getting addressed as live streaming continues to be an important new ministry for Stony Brook Church. Well, friends, uh, things continue to evolve with the pandemic, and you've likely heard the announcements this past week from Governor DeWine and the CDC about changes to safety protocol for vaccinated folks. The virus response team and the leadership board met this past week after the announcements were made. It was decided in both of those groups that Stony Brook will continue with all of our current safety protocols that we have in place until the virus response team and the leadership board gather together again on June 9th and 10th for their meetings. In keeping with the ways that leadership functions here at Stony Brook, this gives these two groups time to think, to research, to consult, and most importantly, to pray about next steps for Stony Brook Church. As one of your pastors, I have had the great privilege of being able to sit in all of the meetings that we've had over the past 15 months with both of these groups of people. The decisions that your leadership team has had to have make over this past year plus have been extremely difficult. Nothing about this pandemic has been easy, and it's not easy now. Not everyone has been vaccinated, and not everyone can get vaccinated. And this includes the youngest disciples among us, those that are 12 and under. We have folks in our congregation who run the gamut from excited to ditch the masks and never wear them again, to those that are fearful to leave their home. The measures that we've had to take as a society in order to keep one another safe has significantly impacted all of us. And it's going to take time, time for all of us to learn how to be in one another's presence again without fear. Thanks be to God that God has been with us every step of the way, offering provisions for new ministries and new ways of connecting. And thanks be to God that God continues to be with us today. We can do this. We will do this. We will continue to offer light to our world by making thoughtful, inclusive, safe decisions for our community. If anyone has any questions on any of this, please reach out to Pastor Mary Jo or Phil Warner, our leadership board chair, or myself. We'd be happy to be in conversation with you. At this time, I invite you to turn your heart to the prelude as the music helps to center us for a time of worship.
Will you join me in a spirit of prayer? Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able, either in body or in spirit, as our choir leads our voices and we sing in our hearts. Good morning, church. It is a blessing to be with you this morning. Uh, it is a season of change, as yesterday was one of the most beautiful days Ohio has seen in weeks. I hope that you all had a chance to enjoy it. Uh, there are some folks in our congregation that have major changes coming, and at this time I'd like to invite anybody that is graduating from either high school or college to join me up front. If you would take a moment and, uh, and help us welcome these young folks. Okay, yeah, that's how we do it. Yeah, thank you. Just come right on up here. Uh, I'm actually going to pass the mic off to each of these individuals and have them tell us their name, where they're graduating from, and what is next for you. Hi, my name's Josh. I'm graduating from Lincoln High School, and I'm going to Ohio University to major in computer science. I'm Madeline. I'm, gradu I'm also graduating from Lincoln High School, and I'm going to Kent State for special education. Let's hear it for these two especially. Uh, I've got some other names that I'd like to share with you this morning. Anna Belair will be graduating from Licking Heights High School and SeaTech Vocational School, and Anna will be studying architectural engineering at Bowling Green State University this fall. Jordan Goulborn is graduating from Gahanna, and he will be attending Bowling Green State University this fall as well. Nathan Graves is graduating from Gahanna Lincoln High School, and Nathan is going to Ohio University, where he will be majoring in political science. Uh, Riley Schlisher is also graduating from Gahanna Lincoln High School. Our friend Seth Steeman is graduating from Gahanna Lincoln, and Seth will be pursuing a computer science degree through The Ohio State University College of Engineering, as well as continuing to work at the New Albany Country Club this summer. Grace Varney is also graduating from Gahanna Lincoln High School, and Grace will be attending Ohio State University to study psychology. And Grace's big brother, William, will be graduating from Ohio University and William will be continuing on to grad school in pursuit of a master's in art history and a master's of art administration degree. Let's hear it for all of our students as they continue this journey. 
You guys need to sit down. I'm going to ask Pastor Jennifer if she would say a word of blessing over these and all of our grads this morning. It is always a joyous day when we get to celebrate in uh, transitions of others. So congratulations, graduates. We are excited for you at this stage and, for, and to see what the next stage of life holds for you. Would you all join me in a spirit of prayer? God of journeys, you open up the most interesting, beautiful, challenging paths for us to walk. Along the way, we stumble, we fall, we skip, and we run. With you as our guide, life is anything but boring. Thank you. Thank you for the gift of adventure, the gift of learning, the gift of satisfaction, which comes from accomplishment. We celebrate today those in our community whose journey is transitioning from the completion of one phase of learning to moving on to another phase of learning, whether it be institutional learning or learning the lessons of life. We praise you for the ways you've brought each of these graduates to this place. We thank you for the ways you've gifted each of them uniquely. May your spirit continue to guide them on their journey, protecting them and showing them how deeply they are loved by their church and by you. Oh God, the journey is not always easy. There is pain along the way, injuring us and leaving scars. For those in deep pain, we pray for healing. We pray for the day when wounds are healed and the scars are a reminder of your redemption and your resurrection. Oh God, we pray for the conflict in Israel and Palestine. We pray for your divine intervention. Protect all those who are being impacted and impart a wisdom amongst those in power that can only come from you. Oh God, we pray for our country, for our state, for our community, as we move into a new phase of the pandemic. We pray for your wisdom, your guidance, your light to help illumine our path. Grant each of us compassion for others and compassion for ourselves as we relearn how to be with one another. We pray all of this in the name of the one whose journey ultimately lifted him back to you. And we now join our voices together, praying the prayer he taught us by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
as Jeff leaves, I want to ask him a question. Yeah, I got your attention, didn't I? <laughs> um, do you ever have to remind the choir to watch you and look at you and look up? You may be seated. <laughs> Friends, we are looking at scripture and trying to find a way in which to embrace it in our lives in such a way that it helps us do our living. For the months of May and June, we're using the Acts of the Apostles as directed during the season of Easter by the lectionary. So we're kind of skipping around and having some good time. But, but before you get to Pentecost, which is next Sunday, you've got to have Jesus ascending. Before you receive, you gotta let go. So today we're going to move back to the first of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, with the first 11 verses. Would you hear these words? And allow God to speak as God chooses to your soul. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there and wait for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him going into heaven. These are the words that are gifted to you. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you join me in prayer? And now, Almighty God, either through or in spite of this, thy servant, speak to these, your beloved ones, who do watch for the time when Jesus shall return. In his name we pray. Amen. Jeff, I have been in a choir or two in my life, and singing is a great joy in my life, and I really like it when somebody will do the conducting. Um, I confess that one of my modes of getting my body moving is to turn on really fun music and direct what's ever on the radio. I do it in the car. I'm a little careful there. But in the choir, there would be moments in the music that if you didn't pay attention to the leader, you could get lost. And so what you would do is take your pencil and draw two little circles, a nose piece and an ear piece to remind you to look up. 
The way you're looking often indicates a whole lot about how things are going. The end of this scripture says, Men of Galilee, why are you looking up toward heaven? Why are you looking that way, guys? Check it out. Be a little bit more aware than you are in this moment. Things are not what they seem to be. Many of you know that during the season of Lent and the days after Lent, we use the letter to the Philippians as our tool of journey. It was an exciting time for me. I don't remember the last time I got to be a part of a community that took the whole letter and really explored it. I don't know if I'd ever explored Philippians to the depth that we went and how much more I wanted to go. I have a gift in the pocket of my heart from that study, and it was an exploration into the word wisdom and what that can mean. What is wisdom? We explored some of it in the group that I got to talk with, and when you look back into the Old Testament and you study the Hebrew word for wisdom, it was birthed from the word circumspect. Now, I said that to my crew, and they went, really? That's not the concept I have with circumspect. And so we got Siri out. Siri, what's the definition of circumspect? To worry and to not take chances. Now, does, does that sound like wisdom? To worry and to not take... It is something I have seen, especially as I am getting older. I do a little more fussing than I used to. But if you are a person who knows that our English language is often based in Latin, maybe there's some help there. I want to kind of tell you about my mom for a second. I, I have told you about my dad, but I don't often talk about my mom. I, I want you to know that my mom took Latin in high school. Who took Latin in high school? Ding! You go. It is something I never understood about my mother, and to this day I am sad that my curious little young heart didn't say, Mom, why would you take Latin? You want to know something? That woman could spell. And she understood what she was saying because she knew about words. So if you take the Latin approach to the word circumspect, you come up with two images. One is a circumference all around and the perspective. So I like this thinking of wisdom. Wisdom means you're willing to go all around the perspective and check things out. You like it? Is that working? For Works for me to check out your surroundings. I, I have a powerful image of being in the front yard of a church and we watched as the smoke came out of the steeple, as the steeple began to fall apart, as the fire began to consume its insides. Yes, folk, I've had two of them. When the church flooded at a place that I was serving, my sister called and said, do I need to be looking for locusts? Only a sister can get away with that. We had gathered, and it was obvious on that Saturday evening that we would not be able to worship in the sanctuary. It was now pretty well gutted with fire. And we had many options that we started looking. People were calling, use our church. Our gym isn't used. Come and let us help you. And as the leadership board gathered round, each person was given a moment to tell their thoughts. What do we do with Sunday morning? And finally, as we looked at all the perspectives of what could happen, we decided that the phones would ring off the hook 
an announcement would go out on the news that First Church would be gathering in the parking lot and we would baptize three babies, we would commission the Sunday school teachers, and we would give the third grade their Bibles on the parking lot. More than 400 of us gathered that day, and we did just that. We had gathered and we had looked at many perspectives, and then we felt good about making a decision to look all around. What a powerful image for us. It's everywhere in our lives. If you're a really well-studied United Methodist, you know about something called the Wesleyan Quadrilateral. Yay! This is the way John Wesley stirs things up, causes trouble. Scripture, tradition, experience, reason. You run around those perspectives, and when you think you've got all the answers, you realize that there's always more to consider in the decision-making process. This idea of many perspectives and checking them out, it's, it's natural. Nature does it. Just when you think you have a handle on what winter means, spring comes. And just when you're finally getting tired of everything busting loose, summer comes and you can listen to the corn crackle as it grows in the summer. And then when you think you're finally tired of the heat, fall creeps in and changes. The perspective of even nature uses the perspective all around. There is a, another beautiful way that I think this is held in the life of the church. One of the few things that happens in our culture is the inclusion of all ages. We go to school at a certain time, we go to work at a certain age, we retire at a certain age, we separate out and do this stuff, but in the church, we do the worship together. Think about it. Think about it. We have children that come and kick the back of our pews and squeal with joy and delight or make the whole sanctuary know that it's a really hard day. And they're here. I miss doing a children's chat on a regular basis. You want to know why? Not so much that I really enjoy kids, because I do, not so much that I know that whatever I'm doing in a children's chat, it's the one thing you will pay attention to. It is the fact that if you can synthesize your sermon down to a point that you can teach children, you know where you're going. Ah, I see some heads going. The reality of children in our midst. Now, there's a later season from childhood that's called teenagehood, and it's that moment where many parents say, can we just ship them off to an island and let them come back when they're 21? No. Right here. With us. In all their glory. For you see, one of the joys, hmm, I can say that because I've never raised a child. One of the realities of the age of teens is that they are fully exploring and pushing the edges of their emotions. In fact, it's been said, if you want to know what a teenager's thinking, ask them what they're feeling. That's what they're thinking. The emotion, the passion. Shoot, we have a whole book in the Bible about passion and how it is fundamental to our faith. They need a season to push at the edges. And when they do it in the community, the community remind, is reminded of the energy of passion. But, but that's not the only dimension of the people. There are these people who are engaging in the very real reality that we are on this side of the garden and we've got 
to work. And the will to work is the gift we give God. So we spend this massive season of our lives taking care of our parents, borning children, raising others, going and showing up to work, sometimes at jobs we love and sometimes at jobs we don't love. Paying the rent is a part of our lives and we show up no matter what every day for the work. These middle folk who carry so much. But then, oh dear friends, in the life of the church, if all are nurtured and welcomed and attended to the elders, I'm moving that direction. I will soon be an elder. You know, the old ones, the wise ones who have seen so much and aren't blown away so easily by it, the elders that watch a young woman who has recently found the power of AA and is coming into her group meeting with just joy and exaltation. Life is good. I've got a handle on it. Look how great it is. And the wise old one says, there, there, honey, this too shall pass reality checking. You see, one of the wisdoms of faith is that we do all of that together. We neither demean nor deny living into the moment of faith. These perspectives, these ways of looking are so necessary and so beautiful to remember the innocence of little ones, the passions of middles, the work of the crew, the wisdom of the old. We look around. Yes, we look up, but we look around. And finally, friends, the end of the scripture helps us get in touch. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way as you see him going. You mean somewhere in the future, Jesus' perspective is going to be from up and on high, able to see it all and coming closer and closer, seeing exactly what we're doing now. What will Jesus see? How will Jesus see the evidence of his sacrifice, of his teaching, of his passion? Will He know that we follow him when he sees us. One of the hardest things I've seen over recent years is what happens when somebody has a microphone on that is hot. And all of a sudden, unintended words are overheard. Friends, I think the challenge for us in this scripture is to remember that all that we do and all that we say is something that Jesus witnesses. And when Jesus does return, whenever Jesus does return, may he find us guilty of loving each other, listening to each other, and being with each other. I remind you of Christmas Eve. Emmanuel, Christ is with us. May the glory that he encourages be the example that you follow. Amen? Friends, you are invited to rise as you are able, in body, in spirit, and as the choir sings the words for us, we will claim them in our souls. Christ is alive.
be seated. Part of every worship service is a way of responding to how it is that you and God are doing your work together. It's called the offering. It's a reminder that that which God gave us belongs to God. And a portion is returned for the hope of the world. Over the last couple of weeks, you have heard that our ASP uh, traveling team will be heading out. The first thing that I heard about it through Ben, and we're grateful for Ben, is that you remember this whole issue about rental cars and chips and not being able to find motor vehicles? Yeah, you got that? I went, where are you going to find two vans? Friends? I stand before you giving thanks for the power of prayer and sweat work and tell you that we have the vans. Amen? It is, I think it's kind of miraculous, all right? As my mother would say, oh ye of little faith. Um, and then, and then, and this caught me aghast. We wanted to raise $10,000. Really? And we did. Yay? <laughs> there are people who are going to have homes that are safer, warmer, and more able to be a place of good care and shelter because we are going to go to them and help with this. If you feel still moved to give, I know that your gifts will be received but I let out a great sigh of relief and gratitude, and you've made it possible. The benediction is our time of remembering that we have gathered to reconfigure ourselves to moving back out in the name of God. Let us remember that the benediction is not the end, but the beginning of a new opportunity to bring Jesus into the world. Let us join our voices together in our traditional benediction. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. I thank you for waiting for the ushers to come and release you, knowing that you can take your conversations to the parking lot. <laughs>